Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm super excited about today's, actually, because... We are joined by none other than the amazing life coach, Elizabeth Pearson, who, before she comes on, was meant to be on a tour with me before COVID hit. We, we had, I had a show called According to Caroline, which she very, very kindly agreed to come on. And Elizabeth is like, you know, Forbes, and she's like the life coach for top executives and CEOs. So you're, today you're going to get a bit of insight from Elizabeth and how to manage your life. And we actually tossed around a few ideas of what today's podcast would be about and I showed her some of your questions before we made the decision and I get the most I get really is financially not being able to leave your husband so we decided we were going to broach this subject so welcome Elizabeth thank you so much I'm so excited to be here on your now world famous podcast of course it's going to be a hit I love it I mean, there we were trying to like get, according to Caroline, off in theatres. And the thing is, theatres is actually so much harder because it's quite hard to explain what you're doing until you've done the first one, isn't it, really? Absolutely. And now this is such a wonderful way for people to understand a little bit more about this plethora of things that you have to offer in this wonderful, convenient format. And then when everything settles down, we can all get together in person. Yes, and that's that will be wonderful too to meet all everybody in person. But in the meantime, I, this is a really, really lovely way to explain what we're trying to do. And I think the message really is women's empowerment and giving you the tools that you need. Elizabeth is married, so let's be clear: neither of us are advocating you stand up and leave your husbands at all. But if you want to, or if you decide to, 
that you have all the tools to do so and that it is your choice. And so that's what today's was called and it's called Strapped Not Trapped. I get so many DMs saying, well, you know, you're, you're obviously wealthy and so your husband was wealthy, so it's easy to leave. I mean, I'm not as wealthy as all of you think. Elizabeth and I have discussed this and I think I've said it on many podcasts. I absolutely have to work. But I do know that there are people with less than me. So, Elizabeth. Right. And I think, and I love your transparency about that too, about saying that, right? Is that there's always people's perception of something and then there's the reality of it. But I think the idea too of like being financially secure, it's all relative. It's all relative to your situation, right? So I think when you start to get into this mindset where you do feel trapped and you're using money as the reason for not leaving a situation that is no longer fulfilling for you or ones that might actually, you know, be detrimental to your soul, maybe they're abusive. That's the easy excuse is to say, I can't leave because I don't have any money. So I think it's great that we're talking about this because hopefully we can give some people some insights into actually what to do to stop that mindset from controlling you and keeping you trapped. And then also really tactical things to do so that you can sort of plan your next move, right? We don't want to call it an escape, but that's really what it is. It's an escape from the life that's no longer serving you. And money should never be the thing that holds you back. I was reading this really awesome statistic and it said 73% of divorced women don't regret their decision to end their marriage, even if they've found themselves with less money because they say that they're actually much, much happier being single, but even financially worse off. So I think at the end of the day, you know, happiness has to come from within and you can survive anything and money and making money shouldn't be the thing to hold you back. You should really be focused on now. How do I generate money for myself and begin to develop this plan? So that's, but that's what I loved about you too, is you said, you could have stayed. It would have been the easier thing, right? I loved your podcast with Laura as well. Like that can't be the thing that keeps you there. And even if your business is totally intertwined, like Skinny Confidential is, you know, at the end of the day, because people might say, yeah, well, my, now I, you know, we have a business together. Now I really can't leave. You absolutely can, but you need to first get to the point where you decide that you don't want to be there anymore. And then everything else can start to follow. That's the biggest, biggest step. I think so many people are one foot in, one foot out. And that is the worst. I recognize it so much because I was there. It's like you start behaving differently. You start behaving in ways that probably aren't you. And it's making that first decision. And it's true. I think they know that they want to be because their actions show it. Their behavior shows it. Them, you know, they've already left in their head, but they keep the other foot keeps them in because they have a beautiful home, they have young children, they have materialistic things. They're like, you know, and they, they really have given up work from the moment they met these guys. You know, the old-fashioned way is these are intelligent, bright women who gave up powerful jobs to raise their children, and now have realized, you know, eight years on, ten years on, eight or ten years out of the workforce. I mean, you know. And the reason I brought you today, actually, because I didn't want to fuck this conversation up because I get asked it so much. And I actually was asked it and I was mulling over it on a podcast and I was going, mm, and, and then I was thinking to myself, well, I'm, I'm advising people that, to go and to, do, to follow their dreams. But if you really don't have a pot to piss in and you don't have a husband that's remotely kind and doesn't want to give you a penny 
then I don't want to advise people to leave because and follow your dreams because, you know, maybe it is the worst thing you could do. I don't have the answer to the tools of giving somebody maybe who lives in a council house and has three children and who's on food stamps already. How the hell do I tell them to leave their abusive husband? I mean, I still think you should do it, by the way. I still think you should do it. One should stay for abuse. I cannot give that advice with, with no way to back it up. And I thought maybe someone like yourself, who's been there and seen everything, might have some ideas for women to start their new careers and all of this kind of stuff in, in today's age. And it is easier to start a career, ladies, when you're at home already, obviously, with the roof over your head. There are many, many stories where people have faced complete adversity, almost been on the street, and then risen because of it. Well, it was a conversation that we had early on in our relationship too, when it was this discussion of like, what is staying costing you? What is the price for your suffering? And at the end of the day, you can look and say, I have to give up my Gucci bags, or maybe it is I'm on food stamps and I'm going to have to go to a shelter or I'm going to have to live in my parents' basement just to get out. I'm going to bet that that is still going to make you happier than clutching to those material things, right? You always talk about women escaping to go on these girls' trips or lunches. Stop fucking going to lunch. Start saving the money. Start planning. Take up a meeting with a financial advisor. Your husband doesn't need to know that you're doing it. I'm sure that there is some flex money that he wouldn't see if you used and went and set an appointment with a financial advisor. The main thing is, is that you have to get a plan because otherwise you're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. Shit's going to start deteriorating. Maybe the relationship gets even worse because, you know, at some point your spouse is going to feel you pulling away, right? And might start to kind of get hip to it. So let's take a break from the show and discuss one of my favorite topics. And I'm sure you've heard me discuss this before. Wine. Usual wines. They're wines for the modern drinker. Each bottle is 6.3 ounces or a heavy pour, but a glass and a half of wine. No more pouring wine down the sink when you don't want to finish a bottle. Because of the single serve format and bottle design, usual is always fresh. No more flat bubbly or stale rosé. And here's the kicker. These wines are low carb and girls, ready for it? Zero grams of sugar. Yep. This is my dream wine. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, a sparkling wine called Brut. They also have a limited edition B Root Rosé just for the summer. Usual wines are made from world-class AVAs, American phytocultural area in California like Napa, Sonoma, Santa Barbara, and are made with minimal intervention, no sugar, zero additives. Yep, you heard me right. You guys all know how much I love my rosé. You've got to try this. Like, Honestly, it's amazing. And not to have any sugar and zero additives is like my dream wine, frankly, because I, as you all know, I'm always on the healthy lifestyle or trying to. We have a special holiday product coming out in early November, Usual Reserve. It's an ultra premium limited edition Mount Vadir Cabernet Sauvignon, introducing Usual Reserve. This is our most special wine yet, just in time for the holidays. Hailing from the most celebrated plots of land in Napa, this Cabernet Sauvignon is concentrated and rich with just enough grip. Gift it to someone special or keep it for yourself. The holidays, as usual. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use my discount code DND for $8 off your first order and try a glass on us. I just suggested that to a girlfriend of mine because very cleverly, he just gives her 
credit, not cash. Cause I was like, can't you just squirrel away cash? And she's like, no, it's all on debit card only. So he sees everything. So attorneys can mask though, what it shows up on the credit card statement. And I bet financial advisors can as well. Just like when guys go to strip clubs and it comes up as like some gift shop, it doesn't say a strip club because it doesn't want to give the guy away. They can do that as well. What do you mean? They call the banker before it hits the credit card statement? Well, the bank, the bank can code it. So the strip club, I think, can like code it as something else. It's like how guys do it on expense accounts. But you can do it for attorneys and financial advisors as well. But to your point, so even if it is credit, maybe there's a way that you could just like even buy gift cards. This is, I mean, I'm talking about if there's dire straits, right? I would reach out to somebody and say, I'll give you $500 worth of Amazon gift cards for an hour of your time. I'm desperate. Like something like that. At the end of the day, people want to help. And if you are in a really terrible situation or you're just really unhappy, they're going to want to invest in you because they're going to know at the end of the day, you're going to use them for you know your divorce or your future planning or something like that. So I think if you just be very vulnerable and honest about what your needs are, people will come to greet you. It's the same thing. Girlfriends will help you out. People will help you out. Absolutely. Your parents, somebody will. Well, and at the end of the day too, Caroline, you can't be in the dark about your finances. You can't not know how much it costs to keep your lifestyle or just like what it would cost to keep your kids in school, to be, to have a car and to get a, a roof over your head if you left. Right. And I think that we're all assuming to worst case scenario here. I mean, I'm kind of thinking like this must be like if it was an abusive husband. Otherwise, I got to think they wouldn't really try to control you that much. Half the women don't understand how much their life actually costs. No clue. Financially, none. The men, Dubai, especially here and London, I think, is quite old fashioned. People are still in live in that age where you get married and the man does it all. Well, listen, when you start doing that, the more out of touch you are with things that are actually going on financially, it's like you're erecting prison bars around yourself. Okay, well, now I don't know how much the house costs. There goes a bar. I don't know how much it would cost to just have like water and heat, all these things to run this house, right? What are the sunk costs of my life? If you begin to check out from that and pull back and not really kind of demand that that information be shared with you from your husband, then you really are creating your own prison. And it's not that you can't get out of that, but it's just going to be a little bit more laborious and you're going to have to wait a little bit longer before you can actually pull the trigger to leave because you're going to have to learn everything. A lot of people, money makes them uncomfortable, right? So when you're merging two relationships, like, I mean, I've got to be honest, I did the same thing. I never knew whether the gem was worth one pound or 50 million pounds. And I still, to be honest, don't. It's none of my business. I had a credit card for when I traveled and that really was it. I never used it. His money was for the kids and for the house. And my money was for people, right? It was just like that. So I, you know, it gave me my freedom. It was a bill that came in and I got it before he did. I had no problem paying it, you know, but we never, ever merged our money in all those years. Can you imagine? The thing is, I mean, I suppose it's taught me quite a lot now because I have to say Sergio is going into a relationship with a very different woman because I, I'm loving my financial independence. I'm loving knowing that all the bills here how much everything costs. I'm budgeting. I've never had a budget. I know what I can spend in a month, what I can't spend, and when my credit card's getting cut up. Oh my God, I love it. But And you probably feel some sort of 
confidence and power when you have that. I mean, money is a power. It doesn't scare me that I can't afford something because I'm like, okay, so I need to make this much more a month. But that's what I love that you focus on and you preach to. It isn't about squirreling away money so much. It's about finding your power to generate income for yourself. It's not about, I'm going to cheat myself from my $5 Starbucks every day if I don't want to. I'm just going to make more fucking money. Just find other ways to make money. I have a girlfriend of mine, and she won't mind me saying this, Rania, I used to love very dearly, who used to work for me. Same thing, I call her the richest poor person I know. Because her and her husband, they make a lot of money at this point. And they have done for years, but she lives in an apartment that she could swing a cat round. And I'm like, why? And she, oh, she's never been to America and doesn't go on holiday. I'm like, what are you doing with it for the future? I'm like, you may not reach the future. It's money is a tool. They feel happy when they see the number on the screen in the bank account. That's not what it is. As you understand as well, money is an energy and you have to give it and you have to give it lovingly and enthusiastically in order to receive it back. I mean, I love paying people. If you give to receive, it comes. Like yesterday, I don't know, like I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but there's a woman wrote to me and please don't all write to me now. But, you know, husband's died, you know, she couldn't afford her food and all the side, you know, filled her fridge or whatever it was. Nothing major, but I just love doing, well, actually I bought her a meal. And then she wrote back saying, I said, go out and have a really nice meal with your son. And she wrote back going, I feel, you know, I'm so excited. I haven't slept for three days. But then she went, you look, you know, I feel really bad, but I don't think I can go out for a slap up meal with my son when, you know, he hasn't got a pair of shoes and he hasn't got, you know, we've got food in the house. So I was like, okay, you know, here's, you know, whatever it is and go and just fill your, fill your cupboards. And that was it. Feels great. Everyone should do it. You should do it. And I'm not saying it's you go ah, because I do this, I do this a lot because it gives me a lot of pleasure to help individual people that really need help. I mean, I, I get a lot of ones that I get, you know, abuse from and all this kind of stuff. You're rich, you never understand. You start with me like that, it's never happening. But I love helping people who are grateful, who genuinely don't expect it, and genuinely would never ever be able to, you know, her husband had died, she's lost her job, you know, her son, I, she's a follower, I can see the pictures, I can see she's real, I can see, you know, and it's nothing, really nothing, but it, it changes someone else. But I think that brings up a really great point, right? If we're talking about how do I get out if I feel trapped because I don't have my own money, one really good thing to do, and you, you believe in, you know, the law of attraction and universal energy and vibrations and all that wonderful stuff. I think if you can, if you can be generous if you can give to somebody, that is a wonderful way to start it coming towards you, even if it's with your time, even if it's just being a good listener to a girlfriend. I really, really noticed it that, you know, when I do good, and again, good doesn't mean that you shout it from the rooftops and I'm not doing this. I'm just doing this as a point of the conversation now, but I never tell people when I'm doing it. In fact, Karen sometimes sees it going out of my bank account and going, what, what are you doing now? What have you bought now? Why? And I'm like, and it feels good. It feels great. And it's private. And I, I'm always like, it'll come back. And it always comes back. And I'm, you know, super positive and super happy. I don't care whether it's not coming, not paying somebody for it to come back. I'm pay, it, it makes me feel good. When you feel happy and good, you can perform on a better level. When you perform on a better level, everything comes. So we're going to take a little break and discuss hair products, which I know I've mentioned before, but I just want to tell you again, I've started using Gemist. 
it really is one of the best shampoos and conditioners I've ever, ever used. So I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to find good hair products, especially for someone like me who dyes their hair, over straightens them. I can't wash it myself. So someone comes here the whole time. So I'm sort of primped and pulled and my hair was in terrible condition because I over diet and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So finding Gemist was one of the best things I could have done. I literally took a two minute quiz and they matched me with the perfect shampoo and conditioner based on my hair type and texture and hair concerns. And it's just made such a difference to the transition so much easier. This is the best shampoo and conditioner I've ever tried. And it really actually works. It makes salon quality shampoo and conditioner, which is always amazing to have at home. And I've spent hundreds of dollars on shampoos that have had big promises and really haven't done much, but left my hair very limp and lifeless. And this shampoo has the best formulas based on your hair type density concerns. It's only $36 for the shampoo and conditioner set when you sign up for Smart Subscribe. Plus it smells amazing. Oh, and did I mention that Gemist has free risk-free returns within 30 days? That's right. They have free returns. So you can try Gemist risk-free with easy returns within 30 days. Right now, my listeners can give Gemist a try and get 20% off their shampoo and conditioner. Just visit Gemist.com to personalize your recommendation and enter DND at checkout for 20% off and free two-day shipping. That's Gemist.com, G-E-M-M-I-S-T.com and enter code DND at checkout and get the best hair of your life. Let's get back to the show. And I think too, if we talk about how do we actually start going back to work, right? After say an eight-year break, maybe you you raise the children and now you're looking to get out and you know you want to have a career again, right? Or you want to start back. One way is to start connecting with your network right here in the US. I mean, everybody um, uses LinkedIn as a source, but start reaching out to like your network and connections and offer to do something for them, right? You can write a recommendation. You can offer to help them maybe if they're consulting with one of their projects for free, right? So like start giving, finding ways to give to people that are in your network and it will come back to you in the form of, I think, financial opportunities and job opportunities. And not only that, tactically, it's a really good way to say that you stayed in touch with whatever industry you were in throughout that gap, right? When you raised children or when you weren't physically in the workforce. That's a hugely, hugely valuable point. Okay. So I, when I had the gift library, I had a few ex-wives come to me going, you know, I'd love to work for you. I'd love to work for you. I'm so, you know, um, so amazed by you. And then, you know, what happened was they were like, but can I arrive at 10, leave at three? Are you out of your mind? I'm the oldest of me and I have kids and I'm not leaving at, arriving at 10 and leaving at three. So no. And, and it kind of starts with a, I'm lucky to have them. And it's like, you know, slightly entitled because they still live in the past of the 10 years ago, maybe the head of bloody Deutsche Bank 10 years ago. But right now you're the head of nursery. Okay. You're the head of nothing. And that's the goddamn truth. Some little girl out of university has now zoomed past you. 
So, and she'll work for half and she won't have the demands. You're absolutely right. People that come to me now, I don't even look at CVs anymore because quite frankly, I mean, everybody lies. I can't work unless I have the right team around me. So that will never work. I'm not lazy. You can't be lazy. I think these kinds of things are so important to start humble and say, you know, I'll do anything. You know, what is it you need? You know, um, yes, I was on 45,000 a year or 50,000 a year, but I'm willing to take 20 now or 15, get back on the plane. And then you prove yourself. If you prove yourself and you get through the door, you know, you can show people. I mean, we're in the middle of one of the biggest economic crises. So I can't imagine what mess we're about to inherit anyway. So all of that is gone. You know, you better get off your high horse and decide that you can ship things. You can be a mum's help. You can, you know, you don't want to be a mum's help. Why don't you create a mum's class for six children? Or, you know, think of outside box. And do it and be grateful. I mean, this is the thing. You can start that while you're still in your marriage, unless it's an abusive situation. You can start finding these ways to create your freedom, right? You're, you're building this. You're building your exit strategy. This is your plan to start getting some money. Open up a banking account that is just for you, right? Make sure that you're doing that. And maybe the husband knows about it. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, you could even be doing it. You could be a virtual assistant. I mean, there's all of these ways that you can start to earn money. And it's not about, well, this isn't enough to live on yet. It's the momentum. So you're starting to feel more confident. You're starting to feel more in in alignment and powerful. So you start to create that momentum. And then you have to trust that you will be taken care of, that the universe will always provide. You know, we're born with nothing. So everything we have right now is gravy. We're already ahead of the game. So yes, you might have to check your ego and be a little bit more humble and take a job you feel like, 10 years ago would have been beneath you, but you have to do it because what's your alternative, Caroline, right? You stay in a situation that is no longer serving you. It doesn't feel good. You're not happy. That's the alternative. I always ask clients when they come to me and they say, oh, I want to switch careers, but that looks so hard. I go, what's the freaking alternative? You stay where you are. And that is like, going to manifest physically in some sort of disease. It's, it's going to be your, the beginning of your demise. You have to get out. You have to change something. I just believe, as I said, and I think I've made it clear, I just don't see, honestly, and I, you know, I mean, obviously there's the individual cases that are forever. I just can't see how you can be married from 20 to 100. I can't. And correct me if I'm wrong. How? How? I mean, you know, maybe if you have an open marriage and decide that you're going to stay together for the rest of your life as roommates, I just can't see it. So this thing that we're setting ourselves up, as I've said, as a fall, for a fall before we've even started. And, and to say that I'm going to be married and tell my daughter that you're going to be married for the rest of your life. Therefore, you don't need to set yourself up. Don't worry about money because your husband will earn it. It's the most ridiculous bloody notion I've ever heard. And I don't care if you're giving your daughter a $50 million trust fund. You know, I have very wealthy girls, friends with trust funds that still haven't managed to like, you know, it, it, what I say, more, mon- more money, more, more problems. You know, they may have a $50 million house or a $40 million house, but they've got to maintain it. And all that happens is bills get a lot bigger. 
better, bigger lawyers, bigger bills. Look at this, you get uh, husbands that take money from you. Sometimes, you know, you think 50 million is a lot. I mean, obviously it's more than we'll ever see in our lifetime, but when it's relative to them, it's not. So let's take a little break from the show and let me discuss my new find, Tradesy. It's an online resale marketplace where women buy and sell luxury designer fashion. And this day and age, I think it's key. Save up to 90% off retail prices on Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Chanel, Louboutin, and many more. What else could we ask for? Shop new and pre-loved designer handbags, accessories, shoes, and clothing. Tradesy's 100% authenticity promise means that you'll get exactly what you pay for or your money back. I mean, with everything that's going on, that is key. Tradesy has new with tags, designer pieces, and vintage treasures for way less than retail. Who doesn't love a bargain these days? You can literally find designer accessories for under $100 or Birkin bags. Yes, Birkins for half the actual retail price. You all know how much I love a Birkin. I can't quite believe this. Enjoy fair, simple, and stress-free returns at Tradesy. Don't like it? Simply don't keep it. Buyers can return most any item for any reason and get a Tradesy site credit. If you're passionate about the planet and sustainability, Tradesy lets you shop smarter while never sacrificing the style you want. Tradesy believes the most sustainable styles are the one that already exists. Classics are key, girls, in everybody's wardrobe. Fashion is a dirty industry that creates tons of waste and pollution. Buy and sell on Tradesy and extend the life cycle of luxury. Keep fashion in your closet, not in landfills. Invest in fewer but better things. I always believe in a wardrobe, less is more, and I invest mostly in shoes and bags. So this is really a great place to come and get those expensive items for less. Visit tradesy.com and save $50 on your purchase of $200 or more with code DND at checkout. That's T-R-A-D-E-S-Y dot com. Let's get back to the show. And then you're just this money. Money is such an enabler sometimes. I mean, I love money. I think it's great. Bring it on. But it can enable you. Are those women really confident? Do they really feel powerful? Are they really? No, sometimes because they inherited it too, like from daddy. So like I have like, I know a lot of families I grew up with when I was younger who inherited and it was always like, you know, they had to make appointments to see their dad or they were like always living in their dad's shadow or the name always came first and they never felt quite good enough and they never felt like they were worthy and they didn't know how to earn money. And then, you know, sometimes daddy whipped the money away and then they're really fucked because they've been living in this gilded cage for their whole life. And money equals power. I mean, it just, it just does. And when somebody is out earning you or has more money or it's daddy making the calls. And I've had clients who've had parents that pay for their coaching. And then at the, and I, I, it never starts well, because we have to go through this point of like, you need to be an adult and to be an adult, you need to be able to make your own money and stand on your own two feet. And it's really a disservice to these trust fund babies who are probably never even going to get that opportunity. It's not their fault. They just don't know any better. I mean, they've never been given the opportunity and it creates this cage a hundred percent. Creates more of a cage than I've ever seen, to be honest. A lot of them become alcoholics or drunks because they can't live up to their father's shadow. Or you get people like, you know, you get all these young sports stars. I know plenty of like footballers make all this money when they're young. And then, you know, as soon as they've, they've ended the game and they don't know how to invest wisely and that's it. You may have it today. You may not tomorrow. So financial independence is, it's not about the amount of money you earn. 
financial independence comes from your brain. Right. And it's this mentality that you know you can make more. I love it every time you say that. And I think it's great as a common thread too. It feels like through all of your shows, I can make more. If I need more, I can make more. There is freedom in that statement to say that and to know that you can. And you don't have to be an entrepreneur like we are. You could be working for somebody else, but it's knowing if this job starts to take advantage of me, not pay me enough, I can bounce. I can get out of here. I know that I have options. And you have to set yourself up for any possibility, right? If it's a worst case scenario. So another thing I would say to the mom or somebody who's been maybe out of work for a long time and you're trying to fill that gap in your resume, take some online courses. Harvard, Cornell, all of these amazing Ivy League schools offer free online courses. Start beefing up your LinkedIn profile and your resume with these courses. Start writing articles about trends that are going on in the industry. To your point, a CV or resume isn't going to be as important as your ability to speak in an educated fashion about what's going on in the market and what's relevant right now. So go back to school in your own brain. There's all of these books. Check out books from the library, right? There's all these free resources to educate yourself. And then you really can create this professional brand, right? So I help clients create and curate a professional brand for themselves. It's more about the appearance, right? What are you saying to somebody? I tell people a lot here. We have Ben and Jerry's. You've heard of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right, Caroline? And it's beautiful. And it's like $7 for a pint of vanilla ice cream. And then at the store, there's another one that's like the generic, like supermarket brand. That's two bucks. It's the same ice cream. It's the packaging. You're going to pay more for Ben and Jerry's than you will the other one. So it's the same thing with your resume and your LinkedIn and all this stuff. You have to create this professional brand for yourself in order to make more money. You can demand more money from an employer if you can show your worth. I call it the art of bullshit. Yes. But a lot of times it's true. Women will downplay their accomplishments all the time. It's one of the biggest things I struggle with with clients is getting them to acknowledge achievements. They always want to give it away. Well, there was, it was a team of eight people and I was one. Well, you still did it. It wouldn't have happened without you on that team. So take credit for it. So women need to start make a list, right? Of all of your accomplishments. It can be professionally. It can be personally. This is a way to start building yourself up. So you don't feel like a fraud. You've actually been doing these things. If you're a mom and you've been like raising three kids, you're able to multitask and you're able to, you know, coordinate things and be organized. And those are all things that are transferable skills that you can amplify and then leverage in order to get a job. I mean, I completely agree. I think, first of all, you know, I always say dress for success. You know, um, the art of bullshit, walking in to that interview, like you own the room. Like, you know, you know what you're doing, even if you don't know what you're doing. You know, act like you do. Put on the makeup, do your hair, stomp in, put on the heels, and believe your own bullshit, because if you don't, they won't. And, you know, I have blagged my way into some amazing places, let me tell you. And I'm still doing it today. I mean, if I can tell you that one day I'm doing this and the next day, you know, oh, this week, tomorrow, I'm actually this week, I'm filming Richard Quest on CNN. You know, then I've been in business meetings all week with like amazing guys from Africa doing a deal over there. 
somebody wants to open a clinic for me and like, I mean, it's bizarre stuff. Then I'm in the hospitals. It's crazy how diverse my job is. And what I'm trying to tell you girls is don't stick to one thing, you know, pivot. If someone offers you something completely different, you know, if you can do it, do it. 100%. I think to the universe sends you opportunities to your point, when you decide you're done, the people who are there to help you will show up. They will manifest. You'll start to see them in your awareness. And your job is to take those opportunities. So to your point, even if you can't understand why or exactly how you're going to get from point A to B, I always tell people, fuck how you don't have to know how you just have to have a goal. There needs to be a destination in mind. You need to be able to see it just like you saw your beautiful new home. And then the universe will figure it out. And then when you see people or things start to come or somebody offers you a job or help, you have to take it. Yeah. I mean, I think things are put into your path. I remember I fought for many things that weren't obviously mine. And I, you know, you push and you push and you think if you're going to push harder, you get it. And then you get, bitterly disappointed. Like, you know, I was up for a show the other day and I I really thought I was going to be, I was in the last one. I really thought I was going to get picked and whatever reason, it wasn't my journey this time. I mean, you never know it could come back, but I've learned not to be disappointed and go, okay, you know what? There's a, there's a different path for me. And my path isn't so bad because when I actually look at the logistics of what it would have meant, I don't think I could physically do it right now anyway, but what has come into my path, like there have been like I've just been offered, you know, ridiculous, you know, my own clinic, as I said, in Africa, which is mad, like absolutely mad. Um, just such random things are coming my way, but big things, they're really big. Even just, you know, um, even having Richard Quest, I wasn't going to be able to do it because I was meant to be traveling at that point. And it, the travel got canceled and now I'm doing it. And it was something I really wanted to do because it was just another string to my bow. And, you know, all of these things, instead of panicking, I'm like, take, 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 because I don't know which one will open the door to the rest of my life. And that's the thing. That's the quickest way to keep the manifestations coming is to take them and then be grateful for them. And maybe you don't understand how it fits into the puzzle just yet, but the universe always has a bigger dream for us than we do for ourselves. And so it is, it's this trust. And that can be really hard. It's really scary. It's not something easy. I always tell people if you're very concerned about something or you're kind of at this crossroads to ask for a sign. So I have tons of angel signs. I have the 1111. Yes. I think number synchronicities, repeating numbers are huge, but come up with something so random that you, your rational brain can't overwrite it. There's this really good book too, E Squared by Pam Grout. And it's got all these exercises that you can do to see you know, the universe speak to you through things, right? So you could say, I want to see a purple feather, something really random. And then you have to look for it. But if you're at this crossroads, maybe you're like, do I leave or do I stay? Get quiet. In your meditations, ask that question. What's the answer? What's my next step? Ask. There, I, there is a greater force. There are I think we have guides that are working on our behalf all the time, ask them. And then when it comes your way, you have to really accept it though, right? Like, so if you see that purple feather, then that's your answer. And then you have to act on it, but you're not in this alone. I think that's the biggest thing too. If if you're in a marriage and you feel like, I don't know what to do and you're not in this alone, you have, you know, these wonderful physical beings that you've surrounded yourself with, but there's a higher energy source 
that's always up there and it's part of you. So you just have to start trusting. And I think that's what you did in the beginning, right? That really led to all of this. If you wouldn't have leaned into that and trusted your feelings for Sergio or going on, you know, to certain business meetings that you normally wouldn't really entertain, you wouldn't be where you are today. No. And it's, it's exactly that. You have to lean into it. You have to trust. And that's, it is the higher vibration. And, and I've started meditating. Now, I'm not a spiritual person at all. And you really don't need to be to, to do any of this, by the way. It's just starting your day right. Like I, I get up and do like a gratitude meditation outside, which is like five, 10 minutes, nothing. I lie outside with the sun on my face. It's so simple. And I have a coffee and just listen, listen to it. If you don't want to say it, you just listen to it. And it's so nice to start with just vitamin D. And then I, I, I'm just pumped for the day. And even if I just do like a couple of yoga stretches, and then I just feel a little bit energized. And I, you know, I guess I just felt inner peace when I made the decision because I was so up and down about how my kids would react, how everything, would I, would I survive? Would I financially survive? And until I understood, as I said, I got myself an accountant now. It's in black and white. It's in front of me. I ripped up all my credit cards. I don't have credit cards. I won't have credit. I've got myself to a really good place. You know, I know what I have. I have my board and, and that's what I'm aiming for. And I really, really love it. I, I would hate that I had gazillions in the bank and didn't have to plan like this because who's going to kick me out of bed in the morning to do all this. I have to get up and do all this. I feel great about it. And, you know, it's really exciting. And this is one of the most exciting times I've had, you know, because I've always been told, as I told you, what to do from the age of whatever. But this is the first time I'm like, I, you know, and even when Sergio goes, I want to give you this or I want to get you that. I'm like, mm, I'd rather just buy it myself because it's going to give me the most amount of pleasure. I can't tell you, ladies, how it feels to buy something for yourself. You know, I don't care who you are. It's super exciting. It doesn't matter if it's Zara, Jigsaw, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be Hermes and Chanel. It can be anything. In fact, to be honest, since I've become independent, looking at all my Hermes bags kind of makes me want to feel sick. <laughs> but anyway, I like buying myself cars. Uh, you know, that's one thing that I feel really proud. Like that's, even though Ryan, you know, we, we have money together, I guess it's technically ours, but it's my name on it. You know what I mean? It's my company. It's mine and it feels good and it's, it doesn't feel scary. And I feel like to your point, it might be, I might not feel as proud and I might not be as incentivized to hustle, to keep it going if it was like the fallback. Right. And so here's the other thing I should just call out. So yes, I met my husband when I was 23. We got married when I'm 26. So far, so good. Still in love, all this good stuff. He lost his job. Like, I guess it's almost three months ago. Um, with COVID and stuff. And so the wonderful thing was that when I started my businesses, he was my safety net. It was like, okay, well, if it goes to shit, at least we've got Ryan's income. Well, now that we don't, you know, in the, in the beginning, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, you know, cause you know, we live in California, it's expensive here and got a big mortgage and all this stuff. But I can tell you the last few months of earning, and I've had the biggest months I've ever had in my business ever since he was let go because it lit a fire under me. The safety net was gone and it's, it feels so great to pay the mortgage and do all of this stuff. You know, it's coming from me. And so now I know if anything, if disaster hit us someday, you know, and we talk about it all the time. We say, if one of us isn't happy, then, then tell us, cause we'll be done. I don't have this 
false dream of like, we'll be a hundred. Maybe we will, but maybe we won't. And either way is okay. Is it funny that that, because I used to have this dream, like going, what, you know, because I was the face of so many companies, what happens if the face falls? And although I'm the face of like older companies, you know, but you know, eventually they'll choose a new space. And then what happened? The podcast came along, ladies. My podcast came along and started killing it. So thank you all, because you are my retirement plan. <laughs> because when this face falls on my boobs around my ankles, it doesn't matter because none of you are looking at me anymore. We'll just oh my God, I love it. Isn't that crazy? You'll have a wildly, you know, global tour. Yeah. I mean, there's all of this stuff. Who knows, but who knew? This was not what I was thinking. I was thinking TV, glamour, this, that. Instead, I'm sat at home clutching a microphone in a room by myself, talking to myself. But it's because of your brain. I mean, this is what, I mean, I kind of love that it's a podcast too for you because I've always thought you were hilarious. I feel like you don't get enough credit for just your comedic timing. I think it's great how you and Sergio are in stitches all day long. But you don't, you don't need the face. Like your personality and your brains are more than enough to keep people engaged and wanting, you know, a piece of Caroline. So I kind of love that, you know, I mean, maybe that's why the show or whatever didn't work out. Like, cause it, it needs to be this, this beautiful heart and this really sharp mind that people now get to see up front. Thank you. I think so. And this was clearly my path and, you know, I'm so happy. Well, first of all, that I'm so happy that it's happened and the way it's happened is that like, like your, even your husband losing the job, everything happens for a reason. I think, you know, we are on the right path, Elizabeth. We will, by the way, be coming to you. And I'm so happy you came on today. We will be coming to you live. And Elizabeth's going to be coming on, I hope, as a guest uh, many more times because, you know, she's great in this. And we're good. if you have any questions about today's episode and things like this that you want more help with, I hope we've shed some light on it. It's not... It, it really is mind over matter. I truly believe that. And it's changing your mindset. It's easier said than done. But it, it, it is, you can do it. And any questions that you have for Elizabeth, please send me because I will pass them on. And we will make that the next podcast. Elizabeth, do you want to say anything before we leave? But thank you. No, but you know what? Maybe just for your, your listeners, maybe I could put together like a little cheat sheet too. And I could put it on my website or send it to you. Like kind of like, like kind of summarizing what we talked about too. At, at the end of the day, you're 100% right. It's mind over matter. You have to take action. You can't just listen to podcasts and read books and then, you know, pray that the universe is going to save you. You have to make a declaration through action. So start something that we talked about today. Um, and just then the momentum will start to carry you. The first step is always the first step. <laughs> and the first step is always the hardest step. Remember that. And it, it, it does get easier. And once you're on it, you, it kind of just flows. So do take that first step. Don't be scared. So uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 